Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Broken Tables Podcast. This is episode number 22. I am your host, Jeffrey Vegas, here with our co-host, Rome. And this is the AEW Dynamite Review Show. How you doing tonight, Rome? I am doing incredible. That is excellent, as always. Uh, I don't know if you see here, but I changed your background to that cool new uh, red, white, and blue CM Punk one. Looks freaking awesome. Check it out. I'm definitely buying that shirt. Yeah, that's a really, really nice shirt. Um, welcome to everybody watching on YouTube and as well as everybody else that is listening on Spotify, uh, Anchor, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Amazon Music. Thank you guys as well. Holy crap, what an awesome episode of Dynamite, huh? Oh, yeah, this is incredible. You know, it's funny because a little bit of behind-the-scenes podcast stuff. We were talking the other day about, like, oh, do you want to, like, finish the show with, like, your favorite like what was your favorite thing from the night and like some nights it's really hard and this is one of those nights where it's like i don't know if that segment's gonna work because we're just gonna recap the whole show again yeah um and that like that would be tonight because i there was like i tried to make a pick and i was like sitting here i was like there's like four things on this show that i'm like we're tied for best thing i saw tonight it was it's really really good show yeah for real i was sitting there like what's my favorite thing i can't really Hell, but you know we'll get to that a little bit later. I tried to warn you. I tried to tell you like this. That's not an easy segment to do if you want to do that segment. Yeah. No. All right. So uh, let's get started here. Um, we started off right away with um. Real quick, it was uh, Adam Cole versus Christian, right? Yep. It was Adam Cole and Christian Cage. And I, I love the structure of you know Dynamite and Rampage when they just right away the show starts and boom we're into a we're into a wrestling match. You know I just I can't stand when we get somebody standing in the ring and a lame promo for the first fifteen minutes twenty minutes. Now granted when it's someone like CM Punk or MJF it's great, but I, I love starting off with a match just like boom right away. Yeah, I agree with you. I think even when the promo is good, like obviously sometimes it happens, and I think it's something that the Fed does that isn't very good that AEW kind of avoids most times is that it's really great to get started with some action, to get started with a match, because, you know, you know me, I'm a big promo guy. I love the promos. I could watch two hours of good promos. Oh, yeah. You know, but it's definitely better for the flow of the show to start with a match. Um and I thought that this was a really good match. It was cool to see Christian Cage in action. He hasn't been in action too much lately, but I kind of chalk that up to just AEW's roster being so stacked and, you know, him being a little bit on the older side. So I guess they don't really, you know, he's kind of right now doing the mentoring uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus spot. So that's kind of why we haven't seen him like in the ring, but he's been around. Yeah. And uh, Christian can still go, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I, it's funny because I was sitting here watching this match and you can maybe you disagree, but like Christian Cage kind of reminds me because he's got that more slow kind of storytelling, kind of like the kind of match you would expect to see kind of out of the Fed. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's not bad. And that's why I know that it's not the talent in WWE that's the problem, because I'm watching this Christian Cage match and I feel like I'm watching like a pseudo like Fed match but with like without the bad booking and the bad storytelling and the room full of writers and the 20 million camera cuts and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, I could go on, but like it, it felt like, and this is what I love about having guys like Christian Cage and AW. Cause I know some people aren't the biggest fans of them being there, but like these guys do add their own style 
um, to AEW. That's why I love about AEW is all the different styles of wrestling kind of coming together. And like that style of wrestling does exist and it can be good. Um, so it's, you know, I, I enjoyed Christian Cage versus Adam Cole. I thought it was a pretty good match and it was fun. It was a fun opener to a, to a stack show. Yeah, I thought this was a great match, man. Um, I actually wrote more notes about this match than I thought I was going to. Um, multiple, multiple near falls. You know, I didn't think uh, a match between these two, you know, who, who am I kidding? But, you know, it's an Adam Cole match. <clears throat> multiple uh, near falls, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, there was a lot. Um, So Christian Cage, essentially, after a bunch of near falls, he missed a headbutt off the top rope. He tried to do a diving headbutt. Um, Adam Cole took advantage. He had already pulled his knee pad down, wound up hitting the boom, uh, gets the three count one, two, or actually, no, wait, that was a two count, right? Cause he didn't have the knee pad down. Yes, you're correct. That that, that's right. And then another time Christian cage jumped off the top rope and ate a super kick midair. Um, that was nasty. And that's when Cole hit him with the boom, with the, uh, the knee pad down. So we get the one, two, three. Adam Cole wins. Um, big brawl starts as uh, Red Dragon comes out and attacks. Uh, and then Jurassic Express comes out and gets into a brawl with them. Um, it was a little bit messy at the end. Do you think they were trying to rush that or what? No, I don't think it was a rush. I think, I think it was a run-in. Um, and it's the point of it is to set up for the world title match next week, which we're going to talk a little bit about it at the end of the pod, but like, I don't know if you realize how stacked next week is in terms of all around AEW content. Yeah. Cause we Saw also that. have battle of the belts two next week on Saturday and a live rampage, which the live rampages are always really good. Um, but we'll get into that. But so Adam Cole comes out or I'm sorry, Adam page comes out. Uh, love the intensity here. Um, absolutely. Just, you know, Adam Page hasn't really been the focal point, I feel like, of this rivalry for a few weeks. I feel like it's kind of been on Adam Cole's shoulders. Um, and I kind of think that this was kind of Adam Page coming back in and really taking charge of the feud. I just love his intensity. He's the best babyface in wrestling right now. Yeah. Um, and his title reign, and it has been a phenomenal one, and it's going to get better <laughs> because they uh, Hangman says uh, that next week – on the live rampage is going to be in Texas. So they're going to have a Texas death match um, for the AEW world heavyweight championship match. And my God, like it just blows me away. Like how much Adam page has won me over. Cause I was, I liked them, but like, man, since this guy became champ, just these title defenses, the promos, the storylines, the rivalries, the feuds, like everything this guy is doing is gold. And yeah. I think we're going to be in for a really, really good match on Friday night. Oh, yeah. And uh, no, I think um, the Cowboy there is kind of addicted to these Texas death matches, huh? <laughs> I mean, hey, man, I, I kind of think that Texas, specifically Dallas, is a shithole. But, I mean, best thing to come out of Dallas is, or uh, out of Texas is definitely these Texas death matches. They yeah, are... I agree, I agree. They are so good. They are so good in AEW, and especially with Adam. Adam Page has been killing it. He had the great one with uh, Lance Archer. Um, I saw someone tweet I thought was funny. They said that you can't have a Texas death match without Lance Archer. That's against the rules. <laughs> this um, is against the rules. <laughs> but, but we're going to, so 
Um, but yeah, that's something to be excited for. In, in a again, in a week of really big profile matches next week, that's just one of them. Wow. Yeah, we got a bunch of good matches coming. Um yeah. so next up was a uh, Ring of Honor Joe promo. They just kind of did a quick recap of um, you know, Samoa Joe coming out to, you know, kick Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal's ass there. Um which he he really didn't. He just kind of uh helped out whoever that was in the ring. I'm kind of drawing a blank on whoever Gresham. that was in the ring just with him. Gresham. Yeah, Gresham, there we go. Um, but next up, we got Samoa Joe versus Max Caster. Uh, first time we've seen Samoa Joe in the ring since, uh, I think since he won the NXT championship off of Karrion Cross or Killer Cross, as they called him. Uh, yeah, no, this was his first in-ring action since then. I uh, thought he looked great. I mean, he was awesome. It, he was booked solidly. Um, his offense was brutal and it was really, uh, you know, violent, which is what they go for with what uh what joe goes for he i was really impressed that he did a suicida even so was i i was like oh man like this is great like this is how you book a guy this is again like there's so many instances on this episode of dynamite where it's like you know you you tell me about what happens in the fed on monday and then like how just like i don't know what they're doing over there but like they just not creating any stars and nobody seems to matter Whereas, like, here, it's just like, man, everybody just looks like a million bucks. Every single person. Everybody, you know, yeah. because we have Max Pastor come out, and he does this awesome rap. This Joe, just Joe, hilarious Joe, rap. Joe. <laughs> I love the dig at the um, at NXT uh, and Joe. Uh, weekly reminder, fuck the Fed. Fuck um, and just that was great. He gets in Joe's face, and Joe just starts kicking the crap out of him. Um yeah, this is a really great match. It was, it wasn't super long, but it was to the point. You know, like this is how you introduce someone to your audience. Like, yes, most of the audience already knows Samoa Joe, but you know, for some of us, myself included, it's been a few years since I saw a Samoa Joe match, and this was great to get him in there. And you know, he's doing his dances and being, but being oh, a tough dance. guy and great stuff, just excellent stuff. They but wouldn't Joe let him do the dance in. Uh in the e man that dance was so when he's i saw that i was just like yes <laughs> well there's a lot of things you can't do in the fed you can't say the word belt you can't say you can't say wrestler names you can't say wrestler when it's in the name of your company yeah you know i always wonder like there's just a lot of hypocrisy in that place uh especially in these days there's a lot of hypocrisy um but like you, your your biggest show of the year is called WrestleMania. Yeah. And you, but you're not res, wrestling. I don't. You know. I, don't I, I saw somebody ask him finally. Um, what's his name? Pat McAfee asked Vince. He's like, "What's up with that?" And he's like, "I just think superstar sounds better." And that's literally what it is. That's not <laughs> what it is. He doesn't want to pay fucking taxes. Which, like, if you're defending that, like, that's gross. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like Tony Khan, the dude. He he runs a pro wrestling company. He calls it pro wrestling. And you know what? Yeah, he has to pay the taxes because it's a pro wrestling league as opposed to sports entertainment. But you know what? Like that that just makes it mean more. You know, that means he's doing it the right way. He's doing the right thing. He's not doing some scumbag shit because dodging on your taxes, especially when you're a billionaire or a billion dollar company, that's fucking scummy. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. That's just the way it is. Yep. 
Now, in, in this oh. match, I don't know if you saw this, but Caster went to do a chest chop on uh, Samoa Joe, and he caught him in the mm. face. And that's when Joe just fucking killed him. But the shoulder, the shoulder block that Joe used to hit Caster, he hit him with everything he had. You could see it. He was pissed because Caster chopped him right across the face. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I mean, but again, that's kind of just Joe's style. Like, yeah. That, but, to me, that I don't know if that was necessarily drawn on by Caster accidentally chopping him in the face, or if it was just Joe being Joe. I mean that. You, like you said that, and I didn't even really, really even pick up on it. I was like, no, I think that was just Joe being Samoa Joe. Um, and it's great that he's here, and we're going to have some pretty damn good stuff with him, um, including after the match we had Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt. Like, oh, man, Sanjay Dutt's going to be an on-camera uh, performer in AEW, and I think that's pretty cool. I think he's part of Ring of Honor, and I think they're just kind of blending, uh, blending across right now, so that they can give some exposure. But it's possible, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean he, he like he's a producer uh, for Ring of Honor, but I mean he's in the promo there, so I mean I'm going to assume that they're going to use him a little bit. I mean I'm not saying it's going to be substantial, but I mean they make it clear he's going to be on Dynamite next week too, so I'm I'm all for it. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's going to get back in the ring. I'm pretty sure he's retired, but you know. It's still cool to see him. Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought this was a good little promo from Jay Lethal. Uh, I mm-hmm. like the, uh, he's been, I'll be calling you for four months looking for advice. Seems like you only answer the phone for billionaires. Yeah, that was good. Uh, called him the Samoan gold digger. Yeah, I wrote that down too. <laughs> yeah, I really liked that. Uh, they say next week in New Orleans on Dynamite, they're going to have a gift, a welcome back gift or a welcoming gift for him. Um, so that'll be a fun little promo. I mean, a little segment. Yeah, that's gonna be cool. Yeah, for sure. And Lethal and Samoa Joe, I'm down for that. Yep. And uh, we got some uh, chat going on here. Lance Dominguez. Uh, Lance, we will be talking about that tables match here in a little bit. But yes, I do agree with you. Um, did not live up to my expectations, but we'll get to that one. Um. So uh, next up was a nice little promo from the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, I really enjoyed that. They talked about um, kind of just watching Wheeler, Utah a little bit, I guess, is what I took from that, right? Yeah, I think this kind of was a great promo because it set up the it set up Rampage, but it also set up uh, the continuation of the Wheeler, Utah story. Um, we're going to get Trent versus Brian Danielson, which like for I'm so excited for that match. I love both those guys. Oh, yeah. uh, and then we're going to get Moxley versus Yuta. William Regal said that he's all in on Yuta. He's really impressed with Yuta. So is Brian Danielson. The only guy left in the group that isn't impressed with him is Mox. Um, and Mox is the hardest to please, says William yeah. Regal. Um, I and yeah, this is this was a great segment. It's again Wheeler Wheeler Yuta man. Like this guy, the last seven days, he is a made man. This guy is a star. He's out there having amazing matches with these guys. He's out there winning championships. Um, loved seeing Wheeler Yuta later in the night wearing the uh, Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Um, but yeah, this is this is really cool, and we're gonna get some continuation of this promo on Friday on uh, on Rampage. Yes, sir. All right. So next up was a uh, Sean Spears versus the Captain Sean Dean uh, in a nice little match here. Um, MJF. Comes out right away to join commentary. 
Um, and I loved yeah, like how he, Tony Schiavone pointed out that um, MJF has a loss to Sean Dean. That was that was great. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's part of this storyline. Yep. I also enjoy like as soon as MJF sits down, he's like, "How you doing, Tony? How you doing, you prick? You prick?" Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, this was awesome. This was very similar to last week. I know last week I kind of went on a tangent about how much I loved the FTR Gun Club match slash segment. And this week was very similar. Um, the only difference between this week and last week was I felt like the match wasn't as good. Like last week, this was all going around, um, going on around a great wrestling match. Uh, whereas this week, I, it was it was good. It was fine. There's nothing wrong with the the stuff in the ring. Um, but man, this is like this is so such great star building stuff here. Um, during the match, you have again you have MJF on commentary and. <laughs> the camera crew runs to the back and just finds security guards just knocked out. The Excalibur says, um, MJF's like, what's going on? What's going on? He's panicking. And, and Excalibur's like, oh, we found out what it is. And he's, he's like, I'll just let you find out yourself, MJF. I don't, I'm not going to tell you. I'll just let you find, figure it out. Um, yeah. And we see Wardlow just destroys these security guards on his way to the ring, um, gets out to ringside, throws a security guard, into the one of the railing barricades um that was that was really cool um causes a big scene causes a big distraction mjf is panicking freaking out um and in the process of all this going on sean dean rolls up sean spears for the win so sean dean is 2-0 and against the pinnacle yes he is 2-0 and against the pinnacle um i i like that storyline a lot um, I like that Sean Dean's getting some sort of uh, not really a push, but you know he's being involved. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean he's one of those guys that does a lot of work behind the scenes, so it's cool to give him something to do. It's kind of like how we saw uh, Leva Bates on Dynamite last week. Um, yeah, these people have transitioned to kind of backstage roles. I know that Sean Dean does a lot of work with um, bringing in a lot of the extras and stuff like that. He's kind of that guy who coordinates the extras and takes care of the extras and stuff like that. Um. I thought but, that's what he was. Yeah, that's what he does. And he's, you know, he does a good job. He brings in some pretty good extras. Some of them turn into mainstays even, so. Yeah, I mean, it was a good good little match. I love the ending there. Um, He looked good throughout it. Uh, I'm glad he's involved in some sort of storyline here. So, yeah, let's uh, keep this going. I like it. Yeah, it's cool. And we're getting closer and closer to this Wardlow-MJF match, which I'm still thinking it's going to happen at double or nothing. Um. This is, I mean, you know, we have a few weeks to go for that. They're, you know, they're going to have to keep this buildup going for another six weeks. But, I mean, I see it working out. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, like, the crowd is just dying for Wardlow to get their hands on MJF. And Oh, dude, again, the crowd loves Wardlow. He's so over right now. Every, but that's the thing. Like, I think, like, almost everybody on the show is over. And, like, that's just a testament a good to point. how great the booking is. It's yeah. ironic that the company that doesn't have a team of writers has the best writing. Yep. <laughs> Go figure. Did you hear that story uh, where Jeff Hardy was talking about um, stuff with his brother, Matt? Like, okay, so where are the writers to talk with? And he was like, dude, there are none. We make everything up ourselves. And he was like, what? <laughs> that's funny. I didn't hear that. Yeah, it was great. Matt was like, dude, we get to do it all. We just run it by Tony, and he gives us the green light. It's cool. And he was like, hell yeah. 
All right, so uh, next up we had the Best Friends promo with uh, Wheeler Utah in there. And um, I think what I took from this is uh, Trent hates Wheeler. <laughs> yeah, we well, so we've kind of had this kind of going on in the Best Friends for a while. And then last week it was – a lot of this kind of felt like a retread of last week. Um, not that it was bad. I think it was kind of – it was escalated a little bit enough where you can – you know, justifying it, it being its own segment. Um, but I know I thought this was great. I mean, Chuck Taylor talking to Wheeler Yuta saying like, Hey man, like I bought you those tights. Like you sleep on my couch. Like, you know, we took you under our wing and now you're just kind of leaving us to go be with the combat club. Um, yeah. And he's like, we love you, man. But like, that's not cool. Uh, and Trent just kind of jumps in and says like, I don't love you. I think you're a snake and a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I think it's a great dynamic in the best friends uh, right now with Wheeler Yuta. Um, I mean, pretty sure Wheeler Yuta is going to leave the group pretty shortly, maybe like as early as next week we could see it happen. Yeah. Um, I thought Wheeler Yuta looked like a million bucks here. He looked great, um, including him wearing that belt. Super happy for the guy. Um, yeah, the belt looks really but, good on his shoulder, man. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm happy for the guy, man. It's awesome. Um, but this was a great segment that, again, continues to set up for uh, Rampage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, did we get a match between uh, Trent and Wheeler for next week? Uh, no, we don't have anything set for next week for the best friends, but we have Friday, okay. we have uh, Trent and Danielson. Okay, okay. I, I thought after they had that little scuffle that a, ma- a match was announced, but I must have misunderstood it. Yeah, okay. No, they don't normally announce two matches for the same guy ahead. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they're going to let this one match happen first before they do anything else. Yeah, that them. makes sense. All right, and then uh, next up was, uh, well, a commercial with that Sammy promo that I hate with his cue cards. I didn't um, even write it down. I didn't even and write it down. Just get a it, room. Like, it was bad enough gotta... with Sammy by himself when he did those things, but now they just threw in uh, Ty Conti. Which, don't get me wrong, I love both of them separate. I love both of them in the ring when they're in a storyline of their own. But this storyline of them together, not feeling it, man. Not at all. I a million percent agree with you. I love Ty Conti and I love Sammy Guevara. Uh-huh. But, like, oh, it's just so obnoxious because no. they're supposed to be they're supposed to be the good guys. And it's just like, all right, we get it. You guys have sex. Dude. Like, we, like, we so- understand. It's fine. Like, it's, like, great. Like, super happy for you guys that you guys are having amazing sex. That's fantastic for you. But, like, I just don't care enough about it. Like, I don't care at all about it. Um, It's just just bad. It's just not good. It's, like, it's trash TV. Like, that's what this is. This is, like, this is WWE. And you're not, I was going to say, you're not watching the E right now. And there's Corey Graves and Carmella is one of the worst things that I've ever seen on my television. Um, they need to, I'm glad they're gone. Corey's gone because, and she's gone because they're getting married a couple weeks. They're going to have Jerry the King Lawler back instead. Good riddance for now. God, it's one of the worst things. And that's what this feels like. It feels like that's what Sammy and Ty is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I guess they're 
they're just trying they're doing this american top team rivalry and i kind of hope they just wrap it up soon i just yeah it just doesn't click with me and it's not clicking with you either clearly it's just uh. i don't know it just again like it's, it doesn't help that sammy and ty are supposed to be cheer you're supposed to cheer for them they're the yeah. baby faces in this make it's it just like i find it so unlikable they're making it about their relationship, and I'm like, make it about wrestling. I don't care about your relationship at all, not even a little bit. Well, like, there's there's ways that you can do it where the relationship can be important to the storyline. Yeah. But, like, this ain't it. <laughs> like, nah, it's yeah, just not. It. <laughs> and it's just, like, I don't know. It's just kind of, it's just lame. They're just, I just feel like, like, what are we doing here? We're like, there's there's no direction with this. It's just. It's like, oh yeah, we just we really like we love each other and we we have sex all the time, including on championship belts and yeah. like, all right, cool. It, this does nothing for me and it makes you very unlikable. Which there's nothing worse than a baby face that you don't like. Yeah, that's bad. Like if 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 they're a heel and you like them, that's fine. Like that's good. Like being liked, period, is good. Um, even if you're a heel. But like yeah. when you're a baby face and like nobody likes you, then that's bad. Like that's bad. That, that's Roman. when you turn heel. <laughs> yeah, it was Roman for years, man. Uh, I mean, it, all right. Let's get it. Let's get past this one. This was basically a commercial. Uh, so next up, I didn't even write one of my notes. Admittedly, yeah, it was. Ugh, I just had to write the, his terrible cue card thing. Um, next up, we saw a, uh, I think it was like a review of something that happened earlier in the day and it was Eddie Kingston, uh, Santana and Ortiz kicking the shit out of the Jericho appreciation society backstage. Yeah. I thought that this was really weird. I think that they did it the way they did it for the sake of time. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I, I didn't like the way that this was presented. I loved what we saw. I loved the segment. I loved the the action of it. I loved all that stuff. But like the presentation of it with the commentators talking over it, the way they were, it just it seemed a little odd to me. Um, I'm not gonna hundred percent knock it because again, it was a cool segment um, with Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. You know, they jump the JAS and they're just kind of beating them up. And Eddie Kingston grabs a monitor, a TV monitor for the interview area and just like smashes that and it remained broken all night which i love little things like that yeah um hager brings a getaway car and they just peel <laughs> out They're like get in get in yeah that <laughs> was great leave. um and you know and then a few minutes later we get um santana ortiz they and kingston they come out to the ring so again, it just, it just seemed kind of like the pacing of it was really weird to me because I'm, you know, that was a good promo too. But I like, why not just put it together as one thing happening live? Yeah, I, I didn't see the point of breaking it up and then being like, oh, well, half of this happened earlier tonight backstage. Um, it seemed to me like maybe Jericho had somewhere to be, and they had to wind up filming that instead of doing it live. Yeah, but I, I think you still see what I would have done is I would have flipped the order of how it happened and then just done it all in one shot. Gotcha. I would have had Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz do the promo that they did in the ring, which, again, was a great promo. You know, they're talking about on-site. Like, when I see you, I don't care where you are, who you're with, you're with your family, I'm I'm coming for you. Yeah. Um, and that was awesome. And yeah, I that promo that was sick, been... the on-site. I haven't heard that since back in the day, dude. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that it would have been 100 times more powerful 
and meaningful if they say that and then they just go and find them and then we see that segment happen. yeah yeah and if jericho is somewhere to be or whatever it was like you could still pre-tape all that because none of it's out in the ring yeah um i i don't know i just thought that that's how i would have done it again there was nothing bad about these segments or the promos i just would have kind of i would have swapped the order of operations there yeah i feel you but still this promo was fire dude the crowd got so hyped for eddie and all three dudes cut a really good promo you know normally when you got three guys at least one of them is like not that good on the mic all three of these guys were just fire Oh, yeah, it was an excellent promo. It was really good. I really liked it. All right. So uh, next up, we just had a really quick uh, hook hype vid. Just a real quick, you know, hook can't be cursed vid real fast. Um, And then I wrote down something real quick here. And I don't know what time it was when I wrote this, but I want to say it was probably like 920-ish, maybe 915-ish. And I wrote, man, I watched Monday Night Raw, and I fell asleep three or four separate times watching raw. I have been on the edge of my seat the entire night for this hour and whatever it was at the time, 20 minutes. I had already fallen asleep twice by this on watching raw. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. You, you, you baffle me a little bit because I, I think you're a really smart guy, you know, <laughs> and, and we're really good friends and I love you, man. But like, I don't know how you do it. You know, I'm sitting there Monday night enjoying my evening. I'm playing some Halo Infinite. Uh, I started reading some uh, reading um, some manga that I was really wanting to get into. You know, I'm having a great Monday night. <laughs> and you texted me about Monday Night Raw. And I'm just like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm sorry you're watching it. <laughs> I don't know why you do. I mean, again, more power to you. I'm not watching it. I'll just go on Twitter and read what happens. That's that's what I'll do. Yeah. Because you know, I I I'm gonna I like I want to I want to know what's going on over there, but I'm not not in the sense that I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> yep, I gotcha, I gotcha. I just like, you know the, the raw after mania hole. is always supposed to be a good one. This was probably the worst raw after mania I've ever seen. Um, and I just but wanted man, to see what Cody had to say, and luckily it was right off the bat. The, the coaster was there. What do you mean? You... Yeah, I actually found out later that I fell asleep during Cody's promo. Um, the moment Cody finished his promo was the last thing I remembered from it. I didn't even see Seth Rollins come out and them shake hands, um, which seeing it now didn't make any sense. Like, why would they just shake hands and walk away from each other? I was like, okay. But I missed that. I fell asleep during Cody's promo. <laughs> well, I didn't even watch it, so. Yeah. All right, you want to take over from here for a sec? Sure. Uh, so next up, we had a Jade Cargill promo. Um, Jade introduced her baddie section, which I, I don't know if it's going to be like the same girls every week or or what, but it's basically like it's basically girls that, that Jade – again, I'm not sure if they're fans that okay. she likes or for her crew. So these are actually uh, on Twitter. I'm a huge Jade Cargill follower on Twitter. Um, she puts out uh, a tweet of the city she'll be in next, and she says, um, ladies who will be in attendance, uh, post pictures of yourself to see if you qualify for my baddie section. And oh. these girls, it, they're basically throwing out pictures from OnlyFans, and uh, she get, she chooses them. She asks people on Twitter to vote, and they vote who gets in there. And I'm not sure if she gives them tickets or if they're just at the show and she gets them into those seats for a few moments or something, but... 
It's a it's a Twitter thing that Jade does on Twitter. That's really cool. Yeah. Really good. Um I thought that this was an excellent Jade Cargill promo. Uh it's funny that she has a new shirt that says Jade is money or something like that because like man, she really is right now. <laughs> she's she's killing it. Like Jade Cargill is really killing it. My again, my, oh, I yeah. am concerned because she's kind of been out of the ring for at this point like a month. Um I definitely think we need to get her wrestling soon. I'm hoping that her match against Marina Shafir is going to be next week with the Battle of the Belts. I feel pretty confident that that's where we'll see her. Um, Jade is sick of the MMA rejects, um, which, yes, is against Paige Van Zandt, but I felt like I more so interpreted that as a shit on uh, Ronda Rousey and her god-awful performance the last few weeks on the Fed TV, what I've read. I actually cheered that. I was like, yes, fuck these MMA people. Well, again, like, I'll say this, that, like, if someone wants to come in and, like, put the time in and do it the right way, like Paige Van Zandt apparently yeah. is, you know, that's great. It's more so others that, you yeah. know, but they go, but that's why they go to places where they say you don't need to be a wrestler. You, you can know, just, I got to say in her defense, Rhonda built a wrestling ring at her ranch and she does practice and all that, but it just never, it just never translated, man. Just didn't work. No, it's not. I caught like some snippets of her like lead up to WrestleMania. Like I caught some stuff on Twitter. Yeah. I think you sent it to me where she's like, why don't we even call it the women's championship? I'm like, what are you talking? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, like, like, what is this? The, the best thing she's Hard ever done is when she was in the ring with triple H. That was easily the best thing she's done. And it should have ended there. Listen, man, that was carried by everyone else in that ring. That oh, was absolutely. carried by her, Stephanie and Kurt angle. Yeah. That, absolutely. that was not, that was not anything to to write home about on Ronda Rousey's part. And she hasn't done anything good, really, in her time with the Fed because I, I did see that triple threat mania match that she did, and that wasn't very good on her part. In fact, didn't, didn't that have, like, a bad finish, if I recall correctly? Um, when it was Yeah, Becky like, I believe her shoulders weren't pinned or something, and, yeah, it was supposed to be a storyline for a long time, but they just never brought it up, like... Well, it's because it, it was bad. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yes, good exactly. Yeah, people were yeah. like, "Don't, please don't." <laughs> yeah, but yeah, she hasn't done anything worthwhile. Anyway, but yeah, that's where I thought I felt like Jade was going with it. Um, Jade says Marina Shafir is known as the problem. I'm the problem solver. Um, yeah, ex- excellent promo. Mark Sterling's great. He's there. He's adding some fuel to that fuel to that fire, and love him. Yeah. Um, yeah, that baddie section's really cool too. So, yeah, hopefully we get this match soon because I, I, I want them to capitalize right now while it's as hot as it is. Agreed, yeah. And I actually thought this was Jade's best promo yet. Um, I think she gets better every week, just like Max Caster's raps have been getting better every week. So I was very happy with this promo. It, at the very end there, I, I actually got like a tiny little bit of some chills, little goosebumps going on. I was like, wow, man. The, the change in how, you know, from a year ago to now, I would have never imagined she would be where she's at right now. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you go all in and you you bust your ass, you work yep. hard to get better, and that's what Jade's done. And it shows, man. It shows every week. She goes in there and she gets a little bit better. 100%. You know, she, I, you know I, I'm, I'm an Eagles fan, you know, and co- the, the coach of the Eagles, Nick Sirianni, he's like, the point is, is not to get, is to be perfect. The point is to get 1% better every time you you practice every time you go out there and that's what jade cargill does she gets a little bit better 
Yes, she has some missteps. Yes, she has some bad matches. Yes, she has some bad promos. But if you look at it in terms of week to week, like it's it's just good. It's really good. It's it's most improved. Like la- I think last oh, year yeah. I would say Taipati was the most improved wrestler. Um, this year it's like it's Jade. Jade's Jade's killing it. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. Uh, next up was a quick MJF with uh, Sean Spears backstage promo. Um. Did I hear this right? MJF having a match with Sean Dean, like a rematch? Yeah, so MJF dares Wardlow to show up next week. Um, he's like, we're going to have more security. I'm like, oh, no. Um, <laughs> like, these poor, these poor extras. These poor, poor, poor extras. Like, I guess oh, they're yeah. getting paid, so good for them. Um, but, yeah, so MJF says that he's going to get a match against Sean Dean. He goes into some real heel shit here. You know, he's basically talking trash on a vet. And he's talking about him as a veteran. Yeah. Um, you know, so MJF just shitting on a veteran. That's pretty heelish. Um MJF's pissed, he's upset. He um as he's walking away, the, again, that Kingston monitor, they hung it back up. Like yeah. it broke. And they hung it back up. He's like, Can someone fix this goddamn monitor? I feel like I work I work at a circus. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Yeah, I even pointed is, that out to the funny. wife. I was like, that's the same monitor that Eddie Kingston threw earlier. And she's like, really? I was like, yeah. Yeah, it's broken. And they, I love that they were just like, well, we got to put it back up. Like, just, yeah. we're not going to leave it sitting there. That was so great. They put it back up and it's still broken. Um, But I, I love little things like that. Again, this is a nice little promo. Um, And it continues everything that we know is going on. You know, he's daring Wardlow to show up next week, which means Wardlow will be there next week. That's how we know. Um, and then we're going to get MJF versus Sean Dean. I-, I see Sean Dean getting another win here, actually. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think Wardlow's going to get involved and something's going to happen, you know. And Same Sean thing Dean with same thing that happened out. with Spears. I think he's going to get rolled up while he's worried about Wardlow. Possibly. All right, so next up came the tables match, uh, which I was super, super hyped for. Um, now I wasn't like completely let down with this match, but the first half of this match was very confusing and just meh. Right. Um, I know for a fact that the crowd seemed very confused after the first table broke and they were like, Nope, that didn't count. And the crowd was like, what, what's going on? Um, I really think that if they were going to do a match like this with these unique rules, they should have had uh, Justin Roberts in the ring and announced these rules ahead of time. This should have had like a like a big fight feel going on and announced the rules real fast and you know something like that because I was even I was confused at first. I, I don't think I've ever seen a table match with these rules. Have you? Yeah, I have actually. This was actually the rules I was expecting. Um, I well, so I'll say this: I agree with you that we should have gotten a rundown of the rules because I think this was the first tag team tables match that we've had in AEW. Okay. That yeah. being said, um, almost every tables match that the Hardys have ever done as a tag team have had these rules. Um, Matt Hardy even said on his podcast a few weeks back that uh, the first time that they had a tables match as a team was against the Dudleys at um, the 2000 Royal Rumble. And Matt is actually the one that came up with these rules. That okay. it's elimination, but everyone can still fight because it's no DQ, and it has to be offensive. Okay. Um, 
So this this isn't anything new. I think that the makes... I think the problem was is that we are conditioned and used to seeing tables matches as singles matches. Um mm-hmm. and I think that's where the confusion came in. Again, for me, like I have some issues with the match, but my issues weren't those issues. Um, but I, I wasn't surprised by the rules and that's kind of what I expected. Uh, but I agree with you. I do think that we should have had, because it's the first one in AEW, we should probably have some sort of like little real quick thing where we run through the rules yeah. because you also got to keep in mind that there are wrestling fans, you know, that have, that are new to, that are coming back to wrestling for AEW and for the Hardys. So we kind of want to make sure we give them a little crash course in the rules of this match. Yeah. So I agree with you on that. Um, but I mean, me personally, as someone that just knows that that's how Matt likes to have these matches, I that was the rules I was expecting. Yeah. Now I I actually enjoyed the rules once I understood them. You know what I mean? Because uh, I saw Jeff Hardy get eliminated and he kind of disappeared for a while. So I thought he actually like took off like a Royal Rumble type thing, like he was done done. But then I noticed him hiding out in the corner over there. You know, but. I enjoyed the rules well, I once I knew them. Him. I just think we really we really should have got a little bit of a, an explanation first, and I think it would have been much better. Yeah. Uh, well, they had him hide because they um they had the spot where Butcher and Blade do the suplex off of the barricade, and you think he's going to go through the table, and they're going to lose. And then when they cut back, the table's gone. I think they did that yeah. because they wanted you to forget about Jeff, yep. so that way Jeff could do that spot, so that way that spot looks good. Yeah, and I think Jordan agrees with you. He said we were kind of expecting it to be handicapped after an elimination is the issue. But, yeah, I think we were conditioned to think that way because of the E, you know. But, no, I I didn't – once I understood it, I didn't have any problems with it. You know, I just – I really wish we had gotten that little bit of an explanation. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Once this match started going, I actually thought it was really good. The last, uh, last quarter, I guess, of this match I was really, really happy with. Um when they tried that suplex off of the railing where the blade was balancing up on the bury the barricade, I guess they call them now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That was a really good spot where you said how Jeff pulled the table out of the way. I really enjoyed that spot. Yeah. I thought, I thought that this was a really good match minus probably like the, like the first quarter of it. Kind of like how you said the last quarter was really good for me. It was kind of like, I thought the first quarter was kind of weak. And that kind of hurt the match overall. So I really loved how the match starts with Butcher and Blade breaking the legs off the tables and using them as yeah. weapons. I thought that was really unique and really cool. I did and like I really that. love that. And then after that, I just I kind of felt like like they needed to let the match breathe a little bit. Instead, I guess kind of felt like they went into hyperdrive, like, all right, we need to get to the spot where Jeff gets eliminated. We need to get there. Let's get there, get yeah. there, get there. Um and then once Jeff gets eliminated, the match kind of slowed back down. And I thought it was really good after that um i don't think it was a bad match by any means i really enjoyed it but i again i just wish that they would have added like like let's throw another let's take our time let's slow it down a little bit let's go another two or three minutes over so we can like get that first quarter of the match situated and and let it breathe yeah um i think that the match the start of the match kind of hindered the match in general but i mean at the end of the day it was a great match. We had a lot of shout outs to the podcast. We had six broken tables, um, which I believe is a record for the podcast. Nice. Um, yeah, great, great match. Loved the end spot with um, Jeff doing the swanton off a ladder. You know, of course, 
JR put it best. If there's a ladder in the building, the Hardys are going to find it and they're going to use it. Nice. <laughs> um, and yeah, I thought it was a great way to end the match. It, it It's kind of like, that's what the Hardys are right now. Like they're on their, their farewell tour. You know, it's like a band going in touring one last time. It's like, you yeah. want to see them play all the hits. And this was that hit where it's like, yep, Jeff's going to get on top of a ladder and do a swanton bomb onto two, onto a guy or two guys on a table outside the ring. Like, we, like that's just something we we need to see from jeff hardy and we saw it now we'll probably see it again i'm not saying this is a one and done but you know like let's at least get that out there um and i thought it was awesome it's, yeah love seeing the hardys together we're on this run right now where they're gonna be having pretty good tag matches like at at the worst good tag matches at the best phenomenal tag matches yeah i mean I haven't seen a bad match from them in a long time, so I'm just I'm happy they're here, and just the more the the more the better, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, definitely. So, uh, I really like that finishing spot. They kind of recreated the uh, last week's um, or you know the uh, table spot that Jeff jumped off of the windowsill, uh, but it was just the blade this time, and it was perfect. He went off the top of that ladder. It was absolutely perfect. Um, I am almost positive we already have our broken table of the week. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that 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 has my vote. I mean, yep. unless something crazy happens on on Rampage, which I don't, I feel like Rampage is gonna be a very like uh, in the ring wrestling heavy show, so I don't see that happening. But yeah. I mean, you never know. Yeah, um, we'll find out. So after the match, we had um the Andrade family office comes out. They look like they're about to beat down the Hardys and uh, Sting comes and makes the save ambushes them. He beats up private party with his bat. Clearly he's ready for opening day tomorrow. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, so the AFO, I loved Andrade putting the, the bunny in front of him or between them. Yeah, some, that was good. good that was good. Right um, there. I was almost expecting the butcher and the blade to get kicked out of the uh, AFO a little bit here, but um, once I saw the bunny with them, I was like, ah, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, my only two things is I wonder where Darby was. I guess Darby just was off this week. Um, yeah, probably. And then my other thing is, is that okay, so now I wonder where we're gonna go next because I'm trying to figure out where the next level of this rivalry is because at this point we've had the Hardys beat both of the tag teams in the AFO, so. And we've had we've had Andrade versus Darby, so I, I, I'm just I'm trying to figure out what the next step is here. I don't know so, if it's going to be Sting and Andrade. Do you think that they're going to do Sting and Andrade? Um, I didn't think that before this match, but the way that Sting and Andrade stared each other down there just now, um, it's quite possible that is what's going to happen. Um, maybe another. Three man, but you know, I think we should. I'm hoping we're done with this soon, if not now. Um, yeah. I actually well, I mean, see keeping... what's that? Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'll let you finish your thought first. I was gonna say, I see the Hardys moving on to their next uh feud here, which I'm hoping is gonna be the Young Bucks. I don't think it's gonna be the Young Bucks yet, but also, um, we also, the, I'm thinking also, I think the end point for this feud has to be Matt Hardy and Andrade actually oh yeah you're right yeah yeah of course because we haven't had that match yet um but I, I i don't know how many more steps we are until we get there i do agree with you though it would be nice to see the afo and um and like the hardy sting and darby kind of move on to something else yeah uh, i really want to see darby allen versus jeff hardy i really want that match yeah that's gonna be good uh, it's gonna be so good 
So, like, I want them to wrap this rivalry up so I can get some matches like that in. Um, and then I agree with you. I think it's time to move the Hardys on to something else. And they had it. They had a match against Private Party, and they had a match against uh, Butcher and Blade. So, let's uh, let's continue with that on to something yeah. <laughs> else. All right. Uh, next up, we had a uh, quick Jurassic Express um, promo where Christian Cage was. Uh, he was kind of nursing his eye a little bit, and he got angry and walked off without saying anything. Um, what did you take from that? Yeah. Well, I took from it that he's mad. Oh, yeah, I definitely got that. Expert analysis right there. Now, uh, did it seem to uh, you like he was mad with them? A little bit, because you can see how Jungle Boy is like, what's his, what's his deal? What's going yeah. on? Is he all right? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that we could be getting to that point where it's time to split them all up and not all of them, but split up Christian from that group. Um, Christian's been kind of doing the mentor thing, but we've seen tonight that Christian is still very much ready to put on great matches against young talent. Oh, yeah. Um, so I would like to see Christian kind of get back into the ring because, you know, I like Christian. You know, hot take if you're a Fed drone, but Christian Cage in 2022 is better than Edge in 2022. Yeah. You could disagree. That's fine. I don't care. Um, it's the facts. He's put on better matches. You know, deal with it. Um, but so the Jurassic Express, they challenge Red Dragon to a title match for next week. Um, so again, next week is just stacked. So we're going to get tag team titles, and I believe that that's going to be on not on dynamite i think it's going to be a battle of the belts or maybe i'm wrong maybe it is dynamite i don't know i gotta we'll, we'll get to that point when we get to the yeah. the preview but i love um, how um luchasaurus said dragons versus dinosaurs Rawr. <laughs> yeah i thought that was cool all right so next up was a quick uh thunder rosa and nyla rose promo um where thunder actually uh informs nyla rose that she will be wrestling her at battle of the belts yep that's, that's gonna this be was a really nice little promo nice little segment um i liked what both of them had to say uh and yeah again next week every title is going to be on the line next week expect that so the only two matches that don't have title matches set up right now are tnt and tbs um which i'm sure will get something announced for those belts if not Rampage, by the end of Dynamite on Wednesday, I, I mean, it's Battle of the Belts, so we're going to get yeah. those two matches as well. I think Tony Khan kind of has a chip on his uh, shoulder for this Battle of the Belts show because the last one was kind of deemed as underwhelming. Yeah. So, so I, I feel like we're going to get a better show this time around, and I think Tony Khan knows that. That that brings me back to FTR. I do believe it's going to be FTR versus Jurassic Express. Um, I think this match, them winning it, you know, because this, this match was who is the best tag team in the world, right? That was what they kept on saying, kind of. Um, so I think this is for sure going to put them up against Jurassic Express. Uh, I see Christian turning on them, actually, and FTR holding all three belts, man. Yeah, I hope so. They definitely, they definitely deserve it right now. Oh, yeah. As over as can be. All right. Uh, Absolutely. Next up, quick uh, Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter promo. 
Um, this storyline between Jamie Hayter and uh, Tony Storm was about five seconds long, and it's already better than every women's storyline in WWE. Um, <laughs> Dude, I I want this match. So, so do badly. I. Yep. Give me this match in the tournament. Like, so I love tournaments. Like if you ask me, like if I was if I was a booker, right? If I was and I was booking like a wrestling company, I would have fucking tournaments all the time. I love tournaments. Oh, yeah. I think they're the they're just the one of the best things you can do. Like while having storylines, you don't necessarily have to have a lot of storytelling in tournaments. Like they're just fun. Tournaments are just fun. And like I want this match in the tournament. I would love for this match to be a final, honestly, in the tournament. Um I think dude, that's this, where they're going. Pretty. Yeah, give me this match. I really want this match. Oh yeah, <laughs> Tony Storm versus Jamie Hader. Let's go. Let's do it. Yep. And like I said, I immediately wrote down. I was like, five seconds in, this is better than any storyline in WWE right now. I love it. Yeah, you nailed it. the The promo was only about twenty seconds long. You know, like I know you're saying five for you know yeah. effect, but like it was only about twenty seconds long. <laughs> and it's like I, I like I want to see it. I want to see this match really badly. Yep. And there's a story there already, too. It's like, you're the new girl here. Everyone loves you. And Jamie Hayter's like, nah, this is my shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a simple story to tell. And they did it in less than 30 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's great. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we had Julia Hart versus Sheeta. Um, I noticed immediately yep. when Julia Hart started coming out behind that eye patch. Her face is starting to turn black a little bit like Alistair's, huh? Yes, yes, it, it was, and I noticed it right away. Um, I loved this segment. Again, we were talking at the beginning of the show, like, like, oh, pick your favorite thing. And I'm like, there's three things on this show that are, like, tied, and this is one of those three things. Nice. I really loved this segment. Um, we've had this really, really slow buildup. And, you know, some people have gotten impatient about it, and it's understandable. I, myself, was getting a little impatient about it. But we got to understand that, you know, here in AW, storytelling, they take their time. It It's very patient storytelling. Yeah. And then, you know, and this was a great – it's not a culmination necessarily, but this is a getting close to a really great tipping point for Julia Hart's character. You know, she comes out, and clearly the mist is starting to corrupt her further. Um as soon as Sheeta comes out and Julia attacks her before the bell, I was like, yes, we're finally here. It's finally time for this. Um, you know, she attacks Sheeta from behind, um, starts choking Sheeta on the ropes with her jacket. Brian Pillman and Griff Garrison are like, like, what are you doing? And she's like, you know, I'm done with you guys. Just go. Just leave me alone. Just get out of here. Go away. Um, so they leave. This was Julia Hart's best match um, to date. Yep. Um she really played the role of the heel well. Um, I'm a big Julia Hart fan. I think so that, same. you know, she's still green. She still has a lot to learn. But, you know, again, this was a phenomenal match against who someone who, in my opinion, is like top two in the division in Hikaru Shida. Yeah. Big Shida fan. And she held her own against Shida. I thought this was an excellent match. Um, again, the pacing was a little slow at some points. And I and I kind of chalked that up to Julia Hart's um, inexperience. Yeah. But nothing Julia did in this match was bad. Like I, I, again, no, yeah. I, I thought it was a really good match. If it 
if we could have picked up the tempo in some places, I would have liked it more. But the story here is what matters, and the story was told perfectly. Yep, did exactly what it needed to do. Um, my only complaint is I was expecting Serena Deeb to interfere while the match was going on. Um, it's really odd to me sometimes when somebody who's going to come out waits till after their, uh, you know, the person wins their match. Like, why wouldn't you come out if you're the heel? Why wouldn't you come out and try to distract them? You know, but I get it. I get it. Um, Not too many distractions. It's a good thing. Booking. It's booking. Booking, Yes, I I get it. Because we see what that kind of booking looks like. Yeah. When you do it match after match after match. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. So, like, the point of it is that everything matters. And, like, in AEW, like, for example, like, Serena Deeb doesn't just want Sheeta to lose the match. Serena Deeb wants to beat the shit out of Hikaru <laughs> Sheeta. Like that's the point. Deeb doesn't care if 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 Sheeta wins the match. Deeb fucking hates her. Like they hate each other. Like these people just these girls just want to hurt each other really badly. You know, so it's like like if you really wanted to hurt somebody, you would wait till the end of the match because at that point they're already tired. They're yeah. exhausted. So like that, like in my mind, that's the reasoning for it. That's the rationale there. Um, but like, no, nah, I mean, it was great. Sheeta gets the win against Julia Hart, whose story has progressed. Yep. Um, so so Sheeta will be in the tournament. Uh, Serena Deeb's music hits, and then Deeb, you're like Sheeta knows Deeb well enough at this point that she knows that Deeb is gonna attack her from behind. So Sheeta turns around and is ready for it. Yeah, and that I was, was good. Again, this was such an excellent match in post-match segment because it's just like, and that's another match. I want to see this match. And you know what? It's a testament to the women's division that AEW's built up because there was a time where people considered the women's division to be the weak spot of the roster. But there are so many women's segments here tonight and matches that it's like, I just want to see more women's wrestling in this company. Yep, absolutely. Now, this brought me to a question I wanted to ask you here um, because Julia Hart is doing so well. Can you name any uh, AEW original or rookie, whatever you want to call them, that has not visibly progressed and gotten better, like obviously gotten better? That hasn't? That has not. Yeah, I can't name a single rookie or anything like that that has not gotten better. They all look so good. I mean, I think Marco Stunt was kind of the same the whole time, but again, he didn't he didn't get resigned. Yeah. So, yeah. But no, I I get, I get the point of your question. The point of your question is yes, there's there was when AEW started, AEW kind of had to work with what they had, and there was mm-hmm. a lot of inexperience on the roster, and a lot of those inexperienced wrestlers have turned into something real special. They've grown up a lot in the yeah. last three years, and you know it, it's it's a testament to. To everything going on in AEW, it's a testament it's, to to Dustin Rhodes and his academy. It's exactly, a, it's a testament to to Jerry Lynn and all the, the you know the agents that they do have working. You know, it's a testament to all of them. It's a testament to the talent who have gone yep. in there on there, you know, gone into AEW with chips on their shoulders and wanting to make a name for themselves, and almost all of them have done it. You know, it's like it's fantastic and. Really excited for Julia Hart. I'm excited to see where she goes from here. Um, I don't again. I I don't think she's still like she's still not signed officially. Hopefully that changes soon. Yeah, I, I thought she was. Uh, yeah, but yeah, hopefully she does get signed soon. 
All right, so uh, after that, we got a quick uh, promo with uh, Swerve, you know, talking about how uh, he was at the Grammys and stuff like that. That was pretty cool. He was hanging with some dudes uh, at the Grammys. Um, all of a sudden, uh, as he walks away, you see big Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks follow him into the locker room and start a beat down on him. But uh, Keith Lee shows up out of nowhere. And, man, I didn't see this coming at all because this wall was built so perfectly. Like, normally in the E, you know somebody's going through a fake wall because it's obviously a fake wall. I had no idea this was a fake wall. And Will Hobbs was standing there, and out of nowhere, Keith Lee just mauls him through this wall. Uh, I thought this was awesome. This was one of my favorite, you know, quick backstage beatdown segments in a long time. What did you think? Yeah, this was an excellent segment. I really loved almost everything about this. Um, starting again with Swerve Strickland talking about being at the Grammys. It's good that AEW is getting some exposure there. I know it's kind of hard because yeah. the Fed does kind of have a stranglehold on exposure, unfortunately, like they need it. Yeah, like um, Hollywood. Right. So it, it's always kind of a challenge for AEW to do that. And, you know, when they're able to do it, I really like to see it. It's awesome. We want to get more people watching the product, more not information, you know, more uh, education about the fact that we exist. Um, which is good. Um, you know, and then after that, I even love the nuance and just kind of the way it flows where he's like, all right, well, I'll talk to you later. Um, Marvez, I got something to, I got stuff to take care of. And he goes to the locker room and they just run and, and Marvez being, you know, the consummate professional is like, go, go, go. Get yeah, in he's there. like, go, go, go. <laughs> like he knows it's about to go down. Um, and then that they're fighting. Good. Um, and then, yeah, Keith Lee comes in and God, what a great spot that was. Keith Lee throwing Hobbs through the the wall and just like the post, like the image of like the cameraman behind Keith Lee. And you're kind of looking over his shoulder, looking at the destruction that he's caused. Yeah. Um, just excellent. Just everything about this, just from start to finish, this was an excellent segment Absolutely. where it just like it knocked it out of the park. Hell yeah. That wall, man, it's I, I... That fake wall was done very well. It still looked brutal. It didn't look like a flimsy little piece of nothing. Like it, it wasn't just a piece of drywall. It was like wooden planks and everything back there. It was great. Mm-hmm. All right. And then we had our main event. Um, holy shit, man. One of my favorite tag team matches. Again, within what? What was this? Seven days ago? Not even seven days ago. They just wrestled the them boys and put on one of the best tag matches I've ever seen. And here they are with another top five tag match I've ever seen. Like, holy crap, man. These guys are incredible. Yeah, I mean, so if if we were to give an award for, like, wrestler of the week or wrestlers of the week, like, it would be FTR right now. Um, they had Easy. that segment last week with the gun club that I just, I fucking loved. And then they had the Briscoes match that we watched on Friday night that I that I fucking loved. <laughs> and then we had here we had, you know, FTR versus the Young Bucks for the Ring of Honor and AAA Tag Team Championships. And I fucking loved it. It was just, you know, it was just excellent. Really like the touch of having um, the Ring of Honor announcer announce the title then, you know, in the intro. Oh, so I didn't catch really that. Cool. I was wondering who that guy was. I'm an idiot. Damn it. I should have noticed that was the Ring of Honor. Yeah, guy. yeah. He was he was the Ring of Honor announcer. Damn the it. Ring of Honor announcer there for the Ring of Honor tag team championship match. Ah. Uh, 
I was like, who's um, this guy? And then I just didn't think anything of it. I just ignored it. I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think it was awesome. And again, it just it had a, it had a big fight feel to it. Um, this was a pay per view level match. Oh yeah, on free TV. Um, like watching this match, like this this tag team, this rivalry embodies what I feel the chant fight forever means. Yes. Like I could have watched the young bucks versus FTR for another 40 minutes. And it, I would have loved it. I would have loved every second of it. I thought that this was incredible. I mean, the young bucks are my favorite tag team of all time. And the, and, and I think FTR right now is the best tag team in wrestling right now. Um, you know, so it's like the two, the two greatest tag teams in wrestling going at it and it was just you know with high stakes you know main event of dynamite with two different tag team championships on the line like i I, again i just thought this was an excellent excellent match um i think that because of the constraints of free tv i think it fell slightly short than the briscoe's ftr match yeah but like you know i don't even want to say that i don't even know that like I loved this match probably just as much. I mean, yeah. I might be in a minority there, but this was an excellent, excellent five-star match. Yeah, right, right there next to it. I mean, if anything, just a tiny bit, because uh, you know, the Briscoes match had blood. Um, you know, I, I'm yeah. a sucker. I'm a sucker for the color. So, um, I, I am too. Yeah. You know, but this match was incredible. I have to say here, I don't know if you noticed, but FTR's gear. So their their jackets. If they're not for sale, they need to be. I want that jacket. I will wear that jacket every freaking day, even in the summertime here when it's like a hundred. Um, but their their shorts, they were wearing their Ring of Honor uh, FTR shorts. So it's the FTR letters are the same as the old school Ring of Honor logo. Yeah, that was the gear that they wore at uh, Super Card of Honor too. Okay, same gear. Okay. Yep. But I need that jacket. Shop AEW if you're listening, please. I need it. Yeah, I thought it was a great look. Um, you know what? Something in this match, a spot that like was really unique. Maybe I don't. Maybe it. I don't think I've ever seen it before. Maybe I'm wrong. But there's a point in the match where they're going. Um, where FTR is going for a hot tag, and um, Nick super kicks um, Wheeler off of the apron as he's reaching for the hot tag. And I, and I thought, like, what what a clever way to break up the hot tag because we've had the the cliche breaking up the, of the hot tag where you kind of just run past the guy and just push him off the apron. But, like, no, like, Nick was, like, on the same apron and just, like, super kicked him yep. off the apron. I thought that was really cool. It was, that was great. Like, yeah, I, I loved it. I, I for that spot. I thought that was great. I mean, there were so many spots in this that were just unbelievable. I mean, the, the ending sequence just – Everything so good, so good. Yeah, that was an excellent match. You know, the match ends with FTR hitting a BTE trigger, um, and then they do the Adam Cole Young Bucks uh, Young Bucks kiss on the cheeks, hit him with a big rig, and get the pin. One, two, three. FTR wins and retains their titles. Yeah, that might have been my favorite finish of all time in tag team wrestling. That sequence you just laid out. That might have been my favorite finish ever. Yeah, it was excellent. Again, this was a five-star match on free TV. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I loved it. I loved everything about it. This was a, a stack show, and they topped everything that this show did um, in terms of in-ring action. 
this was this was excellent. Yeah, if by any chance you didn't get to see this match, if anything, you need to watch this match in particular. This was fantastic. Yes. All right, so uh, that was it for Dynamite. No shenanigans at the end. FTR wins, and uh, they hold up the belts. And uh, another fantastic episode of Dynamite. Um, do we have what's going on on Rampage? Did we get the full card yet, or is there just a few things uh, announced so far? I feel pretty confident that we have the full card for Rampage. Okay, let's, um, let's hear it. Run it down. All right, so we have John Moxley versus Wheeler Yuta. I think that this is going to be a really good match, and I think this is going to be... I'm expecting this to be a match where... Part of me has a feeling, and maybe it's maybe it's not correct, but part of me wonders, like, is Wheeler Yuta going to beat John Moxley here? Because, Oof. Like, Oof. because here's my reasoning, right? Here's my thought process. Number one... William Regal made it clear that Moxley is the hardest to impress out of the three of them. Number two, Wheeler Yuta, apart from his ROH title win on Friday, has been getting the crap kicked out of him by the combat club. And I think that this would be a great kind of exclamation point on like he's in the combat club than by like Wheeler Yuta beating John Moxley. And I think like if they do this, like, He's a star. That's it. Like he's yeah. a made guy. How many times has John Moxley been pinned? Like it's... twice. Yeah. Three times. <laughs> like it doesn't happen often. It, it doesn't. Um, I think that this would, if if I was booking AW, and you know, maybe again, this is hot take, you know, but I would book you to win this match. I would, not by like a lot. Like maybe it's a roll up. Maybe it's something quick. But like, I give you to the 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 rub here. And just see the made guy. That's it. You, you yeah. know, the past week, he, you know, William Regal accepts him. You know, he has a five-star match against Dan- Brian Danielson. He wins the Ring of Honor Pure Championship against Josh Woods, and then he goes out there and beats John Moxley. Like, call the day. They made a star in a week. Now, I mean, obviously, it was more than a week. It was build up, but in in the matter of a week, you pull the trigger, and this guy's a star. And I think uh, now, listen, I agree with you, hundred percent. I like that idea. And I think I know how you do it. You make the match between Wheeler and uh, Moxley under the pure rules. Mm, that would be interesting. So Moxley can lose that match, and Wheeler wins it, obviously, because it's under the rules that he's the champion of. And Moxley gives him the nod, like, damn, kid, you know what I mean? Like, you're not, you're not going to beat me in regular rules, but damn, you know? Yeah, I mean that being said, I I would be surprised if Yuta wins. I mean, I I fully expect John Moxley to yeah. win this match, but yeah. it, it, you know, I definitely think they could go different ways there. There's definitely options. If we if we hear sometime throughout the week that it's going to be for pure rules, I see Wheeler winning. I'm gonna be like, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, next up, we have another Owen Hart qualifier match. We're going to have Willow Nightingale versus Red Velvet. Willow! Uh, I think it's cool to see Willow back here. I think that she did pretty good at Supercard of Honor. Yeah. Um, I see her probably being more of a mainstay on Ring of Honor once they get that situated, the rosters figured out. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's going to be, that should be pretty good. 
Um, I do see this as Red Velvet getting into the tournament, but it would be cool to see Willow get in. Um, um yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word botches, but Willow has a lot of, uh, let's say, missed spots, I guess would be the word in the, in her matches a little bit. I think she needs a little bit more work before they put her into that tournament maybe, but yeah, I wouldn't mind it, but yeah, I see Red Velvet winning this one for sure. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, we have Swerve Strickland versus QT Marshall. <laughs> which, uh, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, I can't see this match not ending with a, some sort of big fight. Yeah. Ooh, could this possibly um, bring like a Team Taz and uh, Nightmare Family alliance type thing? Maybe just for like one episode, probably. I don't, and it's also, it's the factory. It's not the nightmare family. Oh, that's right. Um, um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think that they just want Shane Strickland has been killing it. And I think they just want him to be on TV weekly. I think he wants to be on TV, TV weekly as well. So I think this is just doing that because they're not ready to end the, the few that they have going right now. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily going to end in a team up or if it's just, we want, we need, we need another week of swerve being in action. Let's do this. And we'll probably have like a big brawl at the end of it. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, and then finally for rampage, we have Brian Danielson versus Trent Beretta. And Ooh, that is must see TV be, right there. That is a match booked for me. Yeah, <laughs> Tony Khan was like, "Hey, Rome, I missed your birthday. Sorry about that. Here's here's Brian Danielson versus Trent Beretta. Yeah, big fan of both of these guys. Trent Beretta is extremely underrated, um, right. and it's is going to be a good one. This is yeah. going to be a good one right here. Trent just had that uh that series of injuries where we didn't get to see what he was made of yet. You know, I've seen some of his uh, Japan matches and." When he gets going and he uh, doesn't get injured, but this guy's gonna he's gonna impress some people. I think he's definitely had the opportunity to show his stuff in AEW. It's just people kind of forgot about it more so. Yeah. Um, I mean, even since he's come back though, he's had great matches. He wrestled Jay White on Rampage, and that was Oof, excellent. That was he, good. That was really you know, good. He had, he's had matches um, where it's been Rapunky Vice versus the Bucks. He's had matches with Adam Cole. He's He's had a lot of matches since he came back, and I think he's been showing that he's 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 legit. Oh, he's yeah. not just some dude in a in a gimmicky comedy tag team. And that's why I love about Best Friends is that like, yes, they are a gimmicky comedy tag team, but both Trent and Chuck Taylor are excellent wrestlers. They are excellent professional wrestlers. Yeah, and you know, I just kind of it just kind of dawned on me a little bit here. We have Wheeler versus Mox earlier in the night, and then Danielson versus Trent later in the night. Possibly. So let's say, you know, whatever happens in the Wheeler Mox match, let's say Wheeler actually like walks off with them, you know, in the Blackpool Combat Club. And then in the match with Trent, he comes out with them. I could definitely see it. That's that's going to be storytelling, man. Storytelling. I love it. Storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right. Uh, so that's, what that's a rampage. Yep. And then, so we have, keep in mind, next week is stacked with AEW action. Obviously, yeah. we have Elevation on Monday, Dark on Tuesday. We are going to do, there's a live Dynamite, obviously, as well. 
hold on one second. Oof, sneeze was coming in the left. Um, <laughs> Dynamite on Wednesday, and then we have a live rampage on Friday, and then Battle of the Belts on Saturday. Oof. So, you know, if you're gonna do something, make sure you do it on Thursday because that's the only night you're. There's no wrestling. Well, no AEW wrestling. There is Impact. I feel bad for people that consistently watch. I mean, it's not, I don't feel bad because you're watching great wrestling, but there's so much great pro wrestling out there. Like it's, it's very hard to watch everything. Yeah. And I, I wish that I could watch impact. I, I really do. I don't hate impact at all. It's just, uh, you know, I'll be honest much. with you. I've tried to watch impact and I just can't. Um, it does not hold my attention at all. Like even less than raw. Do you think it's because the product comes off as like kind of low budget? Because that's my biggest knock against it. Yes, the room that they are wrestling in, you can hear like every every time someone hits the mat, it echoes off the walls as if it's like five feet away. You know what I mean? It's just it, it feels worse than old NXT, like way way back in the day. With you know, it's just yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, and then we have two matches announced for Dynamite. Um, we have a trios match with Eddie Kingston, Santana and Ortiz versus Jericho, Hager, and Daniel Garcia. And then we have the World Tag Team Championship match with uh, Jurassic Express and Red Dragon. That I need and then to we- see. Yeah, and then we also have Nyla Rose versus Thunder Rosa penciled in for Saturday night. So we don't really know what's going on. One, oh, oh, actually, we know that Rampage is going to have the AEW World Championship. That we know. Okay. So we know we know that Dynamite's going to have the Tag Team Championship. Rampage is going to have the World Championship, and then Saturday is going to have the Women's Championship. Is now Saturday is the Battle of the Belts. Yeah, so Saturday is Battle of the Belts 2. Now, what they're probably going to do, because Rampage is live on Friday, they're probably going to tape Battle of the Belts before Rampage. Okay. Which, So my thing with that is, and again, I, I wish Tony Khan kind of would do this better, and it's kind of weird the way he does it, but instead, like, instead of having that tag title match on Wednesday, move it to Friday or Saturday, and then yeah. have Battle of the Belts be a two-night special. Because, mm-hmm. like, they're going to have Dynamite, and then they're going to have Rampage, and then they're going to battle the belts. But the World Championship is getting defended on Rampage, and the Tag Championship is getting defended on Dynamite. So why not just have it all happen on Battle of the Belts? Which is why That's I what think I'm Rampage, saying. They should just call Rampage Battle of the Belts Night 1 and like have Battle of the Belts Night 2 on Saturday show the Fed how you do a two-night extravaganza. Yeah. Tell you, I, with your, uh, your little detective work here, I kind of feel like we're going to get that tag match, um, between Jurassic Express and F or not FTR, but, uh, a red dragon. And then I think FTR is going to jump in and challenge them for that Saturday. I think we might get a bunch of championship matches like back to back. I mean, it would make sense and we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. But, I mean, all in all, I think next week is going to be a very good week of AEW wrestling. Hell yeah. Um, again, we're going to have Elevation on Monday, Dark on Tuesday, Dynamite on Wednesday, Take a Day Off on Thursday, Rampage on Friday, and then Battle of the Belts Part 2 on Saturday. 
Oof. Now That's my question for sweet. you is, my question for you is, do we do a post rampage pod and a post belt, uh, battle of the belts pod, or do we wait and just do one? Huh. I that's say be, that's that's the question. I think we do one. I think we do two different shows. Yeah, I'm fine with doing both of them. Yeah, and I'll try to see if we can get some some news roundup because believe it or not, there's not much in the news going on that I that I wish to report about. Yeah, um, not much. I do want to say though, we uh, WrestleMania weekend was absolutely fantastic for me because Wyatt did not show up or Wyndham did not show up, so I was very very happy at that. Um. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I get that. I mean, never meet your heroes, kids. I was scared, man. I was like, "Oh God, if yeah, he shows up, been... I'm gonna cry." <laughs> that would have been the real dagger in the heart. Yeah. That would have. That would have hurt. That would have hurt real bad. Other other things hurt bad enough. I know, right? All right, man. So uh, I think that does it for tonight. Uh, you got anything else for us? Um. You know, I would like to leave you with the. Uh with wise words that I once heard. Um, and by once heard, I mean heard a lot on Twitter and also thought in my own head, uh, fuck Cody Rhodes. Um, this has been episode <laughs> 23 of the broken tables podcast. If you enjoyed us, uh, please like subscribe or follow depending on where you're listening to us. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon music, Google podcasts, and anchor. We will be live following rampage this Friday. Um, but until next time, Check you guys. See you guys later. Right on. Peace.